0: Today's episode of the DMDR Nuggets podcast featuring myself, Adam Ades, and Harrison Wynn was recorded this afternoon prior to the announcement that Nikola Jokic would be suspended for just one game. It doesn't really change anything, uh, what we talked about, other than the details. I think we both anticipated it would be either one or two games, but of course, a lot of us, you know, we're still speculating on it and some are part of the court- conversation here. But a majority of today's conversation is a notebook pod uh, on the details of the game as well as some day after reactions to the Jokic Morris kerfuffle, which of course has a different perspective. So uh, just know at the time of recording this, it, the one game suspension announcement had not yet dropped.
1: Guys, guys are really excited about this new sponsor. It's Snooze Mattress. They have something called the Snooze Flip, which is the most universal mattress on the planet. It's a mattress that is designed to fit everybody. It's actually the world's first four-in-one mattress. You can choose soft, firm, cool, or cozy. And then you can flip it to choose your comfort level. Then you can zip it with Snooze mattresses, reversible and washable, temperature-regulated cover. They hooked a couple of us DNVR employees up with a new mattress. It's gotten great reviews. Everybody loves it. Super comfortable, and like I said, you can customize it to fit however you like to sleep. So, what you need to do is go to sleep.com When you get there, you're going to use code DNVR. You're going to receive $250 off a mattress and $250 off an adjustable base. So, this is an incredible deal. Go to. Snooosleep.com, type in code DNVR. It's going to give you 250 bucks off a mattress and 250 bucks off an adjustable base. This is an awesome company made in Colorado by Colorado people, designed of course for the rest of the world. Uh, so check them out. Go to snoozeleep.com, use code DNVR.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome into the List Live edition of the DNBR Nuggets podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. In fact, there is one of those up here. Boom. There we Nailed go. Right there above Harrison. Use promo code DNBR whenever you sign up and gamble along with us. We don't know, Harrison. We have not received the updated info yet about whether Nicole Jokic will be out. There's a chance that um, Wednesday's game might
1: not be quite as fun as usual. So, <laughs> Why not make it more fun by gambling? <laughs> There's a chance, Adam. The Nuggets are going to be without three max contract players Wednesday against Indiana. Yeah. There is a chance all three max
0: contract players might be out Um, today's episode of the show. I'm excited to do it. We put this one in front of the paywall. Usually when we do the list, which is our film study deep dive, we put them behind the paywall in anticipation of the news breaking today for Jokic's. I mean, we we have to imagine there's some kind of punishment coming, whether it's on the low end, a fine on the high end, multi game suspension. And then, of course, things in between. So we're gonna have to wait and see. Maybe that'll drop while we're here. We did have the benefit, though, today of having a practice. Uh, Harrison, you were there at Ball Arena. Get, got to talk to uh, Michael Malone today and get some updates. We've also seen, here's one thing I want to say when I start this out, one thing I think people don't understand about what's difficult about our jobs and, and how we do this. We go live right as the game ends, maybe five, 10 minutes after the game ends, we go live. We don't always get the benefit of all the replays, all the perspectives, and to see everything that's going on. So oftentimes in our immediate reactions, we analyze the game, but we come up with different takeaways when you rewatch the game. When you get to look at the specific highlighted plays, you get to, oh, okay, now I have some new context. Last night, a lot of flying without a ton of context, including like every camera angle. Today, you get to see kind of every camera angle that happened, and I do feel like I have a bit of a different perspective on how things went down. How do you feel... Today, I mean, do you feel pretty different than what you did last night?
1: A little bit different. I'll say this. Sitting in the arena last night, I felt like I had a different perspective than everyone watching on TV because when you see Markeith Morris laying down – it. At- in the middle of the floor and you see like staffers and team doctors signaling frantically for a stretcher to come on the court, that's going to make you feel a certain type of way about the situation that's happening. Um, Stepping back from all of that, being a night removed from that. Yeah. I have a bit of a different perspective. I think I said on the post game show last night that my guess was going to be two games, uh, a suspension for Nicole Jokic. That's the maximum I I can kind of see. I could see two games for him, one game for Markeith Morris, one game for each of them. Um, That's kind of where I'm at right now um, around that. Last night I was thinking maybe it could be a bit more, but I'm thinking around that right now. Same same thing with me. My new prediction, my updated prediction is
0: two games. Of course, we should find out here pretty – I mean, we might find out this afternoon. It sounds like maybe this will linger in because the Nuggets don't play tonight. It might linger in until tomorrow morning. Um, I – the NBA maybe wants to, like, news dump this one, so maybe we'll get it tonight at, like, 10 o'clock. Like, <laughs> Are, getting- the, are like- the
1: Lakers playing tonight? That'd be a good time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to dump it. Fourth quarter, tight game.
0: You dump it right then, so it keeps it moving. Um, but here's the thing. The hit was really hard by Jokic. Like, Jokic is a strong dude, and he completely yeah. crumpled him. I mean, he crumpled Markeith Morris. Uh just just folded him in half and when you see the stretcher and you see like, him grabbing the neck of this or that you think oh my god he's injured like I honest to god thought today we were going to get some kind of injury whether it was a fake injury or real injury some kind of like Marquise Morris has a dislocated shoulder or strained back and might you know whatever like some kind of update to this it doesn't appear to be the case um, not saying he flopped that was a big hit but it did just look like a knockout I mean, it looked like yeah. such a knockout and you think it reminded me of the Carmelo backpedal, which was a 15 game suspension. I know it was a different league, different commissioner, different circumstances, but it, it reminded me of one that I know a lot of people have said, Oh, the Pat Bev play was the exact same thing. Sometimes there's a play and the circumstance and the fallout from that, the response to it, it the optics create sort of uh they frame how uh, a punishment will be handed down because there's so many layers to this. Jokic, you know, crumpling him the stretcher coming out is he injured all this stuff my immediate reaction was this one's going to get more than a push in the back which didn't result in injury this or that now updated now here's the big thing for me Harrison seeing the video replay where Markeith Morris I mean this was 100% a deliberate hit on Jokic you see the slow motion replay where he hits him in the knee makes knee to knee contact in a way that honestly Jokic is lucky he didn't injure his knee on the play, a little elbow, a little chicken wing, but also the way he ran, like that was not a take foul where you chase from behind, which he could have done and slapped the arm. That was a beeline, like a linebacker blitzing a quarterback uh, move. To me, it was 100% premeditated, deliberate, with the intent to put a little, not like a hard foul, we're just playing hard basketball, but an intent to toe the line or even cross the line. So for me, the fact that it was such a retaliation to what was, if not an equally bad foul a very close deal. I think the way I put it is Markeith took it up to 10 Jokic took it to 11 like yep. Jokic went a little bit higher but let's not pretend Markeith just did
1: a little hard foul right I mean Jokic's shoulder to Markeith Morse's upper back that was a shot man like that is a strong shoulder that's the same shoulder that made Bam Adebayo look like just another dude last night un- it was a <laughs> Really good attack it was yeah. like a grizzly bear mauling a man. It was such a powerful wow. hit. That was that was wild. Um, yeah. Um, the Marquise Morris, uh, the, the first shot that started it all. I agree. The more you watch that video, the more you're surprised that Jokic's knee wasn't hurt on that play. And look, Marquise Morris. Of course there was intent behind it. They're right. down 17. They haven't been able to get anything going on offense this entire game. This terrible nuggets offense is over a hundred points against what is supposed to be a great Miami defense. Of course he's frustrated. Of course he's, you know, looking to retaliate and send a message why the starters were in that late for Miami. I think is another question. Also that game was pretty much over. And I don't know how much is carried over to the broadcast. The physicality in that game, oh yeah there was a lot of it. They were being super physical with Nicole Jokic the entire game. He was getting hacked even more than normal, I thought. That was definitely Miami's game plan going in. And I think it was good contact, though. I think it was physical in a way that I like. I did not Me think too. it was ugly physical. I thought it was Me good too. physical. And that's what Jokic even said after the game. He said, like, you can be physical, but... You know, you can do that up to a point. And that point was crossed with with that Markeith Morris um, spearing of the knee and then like driving his elbow into Nikola Jokic's ribs. There was definitely something behind that. By the way, just a weak move, because let's
0: be honest, somebody said, or Spolster after the game said it was a take foul. Why was there a take foul? There's two minutes, 30 seconds left in the game. You're up. You're down 17 points. That was a I-can't-handle-getting-my-butt-kicked foul. That's what that was. Let's not call it a take foul to stop a fast break. There was no fast break. The Nuggets – the game was over. Run out the clock. He just was frustrated because he got his butt kicked. That's what started yep. this entire thing. So, um, I think now – look, Jokic shouldn't have done what he did. Like – one he's too so. important. He's too important to the Denver Nuggets. While I might understand it, the frustration that arises, and let's be honest, this was a built up of yoke feeling like he always gets this. so there was there there's some of this here. But so while I might understand the sentiment, it's un- inexcusable. like he shouldn't have done it because he's the team's most important player and just because maybe he didn't know his own strength. But he's got to be careful because he has w- uh, weapons of mass destruction in his fists and arms because of how strong he is. Right.
1: That's the other thing. It was also a really dangerous play from from Yoke. I mean, the shoulder to the back, you can see Morris's neck snap back Um, like Jokic felt remorse just because of how bad it looked like that was a really dangerous play. It could have been a lot worse for Morris just injury wise. And it seems like it is. Um, so, So that's the other thing, too.
0: So this comment here, your friends on Locked on Heat and Locked on NBA today, which, by the way, same people, Locked on Heat guy hosts Locked on NBA today for Tuesdays. uh, Wes Goldberg, who's great, by the way, like this is he's a very, very good podcast host. But I was very disappointed in the way that not just them, but other ones said, I I think the words they used on the podcast was it was accidental, like that uh, Markeith Morris, it was an accidental foul. And while it was a hard foul, it wasn't egregious, strong disagree it was egregious. It was a 10 out of 10 foul. Jokic was an 11 out of 10 foul, but it was a 10 out of 10 foul. So uh, to me, I was disappointed in that. But like myself, I feel I give people the benefit of the doubt also because the more you see the replays, the angles and everything else, the more you kind of get the full picture of what happened. And when you, like we did, had to react five minutes after the game ended, you only have so much information. And then as more comes to you, you get it. So anyway, moving on. Um, you know, Jokic shouldn't have done what he did. It, it I wonder how much he's going to learn from this because he has a temper and I wonder how much it's like, wow, I, I don't I hope I didn't hurt the Nuggets this season in a meaningful way. I hope I didn't hurt Marquise Morris, whatever. And he expressed those those things. The Jokic brothers aspect of this is interesting because Nicole Jokic's brothers joined Twitter last night or this morning just to send a tweet. Uh, And then I I called Mike Singer from the Denver Post to let him know, like, hey, this is us. Can you let everybody know this is a verified tweet from us? Basically saying, don't mess with us. If you think you're going to retaliate, uh, Morris Twins, just know we will retaliate in kind. And um, look, as much as this is fun, like (laughs) from from an observer standpoint, everybody on Twitter is losing their minds today. Like, oh, let's WWE. These guys are tight. There are consequences to when this becomes not fun, which it's like a razor thin line to when this goes from talking and posturing or whatever to is something going to happen now? Like everybody always talks about, Jokic's brothers might storm the court. They're so pissed. This or that. The moment they storm the court, everything changes. It's no longer funny. They they storm at one time, they're banned for life from all NBA games, and there's probably fallout for you know other fallouts that happen. So as much as it's fun, this story kind of concerns me a little bit, Harrison.
1: It's fascinating. It's it's just another crazy turn in it. It's interesting that the Jokic brothers went public with a new Twitter account because I know this for a fact because I've communicated with them on Twitter before. They're on Twitter, you know. They they have an account that's not at Jokic Brothers that that they've tracked. You know Nuggets news and I'm sure follow all of us on. Right. They have they've had that going. For years. So it's interesting that last night, you know, they decide to make a new one and go public instead of just, you know, instead of the burning. Right. Because yeah. Instead of going from burner. a burner. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's an- another aspect. And then, yeah, you mentioned it's all fun and games and cute and it's fun to talk about until they step on the court and potentially cross the line. And Eric Goodman uh, on Mile High Sports, a radio host for Mile High Sports tweeted out that the Jokic brothers have bought tickets to the game in Miami in two weeks. I think that's 10 games from now when the Nuggets go to Miami. And personally, I was thinking about this last night. I'm kind of worried already about right. what a retaliation could yep. be from Jimmy Butler, from Markeith Morse from those Heat players in that game in Miami on their home court you know, 20 days from now. And if the Jokic brothers are sitting anywhere close to the floor, which – I think they will be, that could get ugly. So I'm already a little worried about that, to be honest. 100% with you on it. Like I said, as much as it's all
0: fun in this abstract, the moment it's a real thing is concerning. And by the way, this isn't going to be a Udonis Haslam versus the Jokic brothers type thing where they meet at half court and fist fight and this or that. Like there's security, there's bodyguards. There are people who are paid good money to make sure these guys don't get injured and have the – will say freedom to do to, to really toe the line between protecting these guys. So you're right, this is a very concerning to me it's it's funny till you actually think about it then it's like hey this yeah. is actually a little bit scary and um, it might add to some of the texture of what the NBA is calculating right now as they try to assess a proper punishment.
1: For sure. And I would think that the Jokic brothers would you know be the bigger men be the bigger men, sorry. And like not go crazy in a situation like that. I would trust that they would keep their cool if they had to. They did last night, you know, in the arena, whenever there's a confrontation with Jokic or something happens, the first thing I do is try to spot the Jokic brothers in the stands.
0: <laughs> they, yeah.
1: they, they didn't do anything crazy last night. They went out into the aisle, kind of assess the situation, didn't go down to the court or anything. Um, I would, I would trust, I would hope, I would think that they would not like try to really escalate anything if they're sitting closer to the floor. Right.
0: Um, So look, I'm kind of sick of the story already, (laughs) to be honest, Harrison, like I had my fun with it. Um, It it now crosses into the, it's almost like the hangover from like a crazy, like, uh, you know, party or something where now like the dust settles and you're kind of like, Oh God, there's a mess to clean up now. And now there's the concept of the bills due or whatever. So I'm personally a little bit, I know not everybody is based on Twitter, still talking about it. Um, but the one thing I'll say is, as I mentioned earlier, there were some bad takes flying around today and last night. Like some really bad t- – anytime anything big happens, like people t- give t- – take, I had bad takes last night, to be honest with you. Like of the things we did on the post-game show last night or talked about, I am probably agree with like 70% of them. So like this is sort of natural in today's day and age where you react to things t- so quickly. Now that it's digestible, it's like, hey, there were some areas here where, where I'm wrong. But there were people online that I think were even – Uh, I would say, especially wrong about this or especially right. Um, Richard Jefferson, we're going to start with Richard Jefferson. We're going to play a little in the club, out the club on this one here, Harrison. Richard Jefferson, I thought was interesting. He makes a video, almost TikTok style, and he says, he plays the video and he basically says, the hit on Jokic was wrong. Jokic's retaliation was wrong, but if you don't hit Jokic the first time, you don't get hit the second (laughs) time. Almost coming to Jokic's defense saying, like, hey, he's in the wrong two. Both of you go to timeout, but you started it. Uh, this gets me begrudgingly, I gotta say, a little begrudgingly here. In the club,
1: Richard Jefferson. <laughs> he's he's, he's in the for club. sure. He's for sure in the club. Look, you don't have one if you don't have the other. Like, if if Marquee Morris doesn't make a beeline for Jokic and commit that dirty take foul you don't get the response. You don't get the retaliation. I think that's something the league has to take into account too. So here's, here's one that's uh, another one that's funny. Isaiah
0: Thomas, by the way, the old Isaiah Thomas, the bad boys, Pistons, Isaiah Thomas, who by the way, uh, no stranger to confrontation to, to, to this type of stuff. He goes on uh, more, First Take or one of those morning shows and he says one hit, then another. But then he talks of Jokic. He says, I don't think people realize how tough Jokic truly is. That's no act. You see everybody ran up on him, and then they backed up off him. This is one of my favorite parts about the event. Like, Again, when you remove yourself from the logic of it, usually when somebody comes up and they get in your face and they do this or that, Jokic literally stands there while the entire Heat team surrounds him. Just like, go for it. And so I think he's right, man. Like You you look at the subtle things here. Isaiah Thomas to me in the club.
1: I hope, and I wrote this last night, I hope the entire league – was watching Nuggets Heat last night. They weren't, but I hope, like, they were watching and have obviously seen the replay because if you didn't know that Nikola Jokic is not only the best player in the NBA, but maybe the toughest as well, now you know. Like, this dude's not going to back down from anything or anyone. We've seen it for seven years now. I mean, if you think about all the confrontations Jokic has been in, he's been in a lot, like, to be quite honest. He's been in a lot. The guy never backs down, and the entire league should know that now.
0: I like this comment. Yoke stood there like that pick of cat posting up Boogie. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he did. <this. laughs> Whatever. Um, I see a comment here. Danny Meringue, he's my guy. He thinks Yoke should be suspended for at least 15 to 20 games. Is he right? Harrison, I have to confess, so last night, 2.30 in the morning, never a good idea to tweet or DM or write something. I jumped in the entire Locked On Networks email thread and just basically said, I want to make register that I strongly disagree with the takes that were presented on the locked on NBA podcast that I, I like offended by it. Cause I was, I was offended by how unfair they treated that thing and I'm part of this network. So, you know, this is me kicking up dust in my, you know, yeah. my, in my own little wheelhouse over here, but the same is true with Danny Meringue. Like I also sent him a DM today. That was very un- 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 unhappy. Not about the 15 to 20 games. Look, I said five to 10 games last night. So everybody like I said, I'm cutting everybody some slack on this or that. But for some of the comments about uh, Denver has the dirtiest fans or this or that, sorry, Dan Maring, out the club. <laughs> my guy, <laughs> my guy, Dan Maring's out the club. Um, a Portland shocker. fans
1: have a lot of uh, built-up frustration to the Nuggets over the years, so not a surprising take coming from the uh, Northwest. It was the embodiment
0: of the Portland fans hugging. <laughs> well, they, like, cry, cry no people. shoving! No pushing. <laughs> Take a freaking look at this, please. Uh, Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons says, the 11th man on a team losing by 17 in garbage time isn't supposed to do shit like this to the league's MVP. It's a cheap shot and led to a second cheap shot. Bill Simmons. Yep.
1: In the club. In the club. I mean, that's that's exactly what this was. This was a cheap shot followed up by another cheap shot, but you don't get the second cheap shot without the first one.
0: A hundred percent. Doesn't mean it's right by Yoke, but it, whatever. Shannon Sharp. Jokic was well within his right to protect himself. Shannon Sharp has been uh in the club, out the club guy for Denver for the last five years. But you know what? He's back in. He's back in. Yeah. He's not wrong about it. By the way, Love Skip it. Bayless yeah. also agreed with him. And like you get that show that's designed to get people arguing, and they both agreed. It was wild. Um, go figure. Um Yep, I guess that was it. That's the only ones I got sent to me. Did you have any other high-profile people chime in that you uh, that stuck out to you?
1: <laughs> well, Markeith Morris got on Twitter this morning and said that, you know, I took a hard foul, which I always do, but I would never hit a man with his back turned. Well, it just so <laughs> happens. Markeith yes. Morris has hit a man with their back turned multiple times. So, I mean, that dude's full of shit. I'll say this too man like a lot of people are making
0: the like how cowardly to hit a guy with his back turned. Here's the thing, Jokic got cheap shotted and then retaliated with a cheap shot. Again, not condoning it whatever. I wish neither one of the guys did it. But to me though, that part of it is a little overplayed. Like to run around facing like the, to me that part is just really dumb. Like he he hit him, he hit him really hard, but Markie Morris put himself in position. It's like if you're like in the ring and you turn around and then you get punched. It's like, hey, man, you're in the ring here. Like, you, you started yep. the fight. Your, you're the one that walked away as if nothing happened. You know something did.
1: Protect um, yourself at all times,
0: <laughs> Protect yourself at all times. <laughs> Definitely the moment there. Hopefully, Jokic um, – oh, by the way, the last thing I'll say on this. I saw some people with the take that, you know, Jokic snapped and he finally told people he's not to mess with. Strong disagree. That's not how it works. They never stop trying mm-hmm. you, Harrison. This is the thing people don't realize. Like, your friends that are the best fist fighters, like, I don't know how many friends you have that still, like, I, I got friends that still fist fights, random places, right? The thing is, they're yeah. always in fist fights. Like, it's not like they beat up a few dudes and now everybody, no, they just are always in fist fights. I think the players in the NBA know Jokic is for real now more than they did 24 hours ago. They know this dude's tough. They know he's about it. They know his brothers are about it too. Like, the funny thing about the brothers' tweets is, there's no hesitation on the reply tweet. You know, like, Mar- Mar- yeah. Mar- Keith, like, responded. They responded, like, three minutes later. Like, <laughs> as if they were sitting lit- waiting at their computer for him to respond. Like, just do it. I dare you just to do it. Yeah. So, I think everybody knows he's about it. But, here's the thing. If I am matched up against the Nuggets in a playoff series, the backup center is going to get a technical towing the line with Jokic every single game because they just want him to snap. So, are they afraid of him? Maybe some guys are,
1: but... Teams are going to poke the bear now because they know it gets a response from you. Well, Adam, it's not just that they know it gets a response. It's the only way to beat the Nuggets. (laughs) It's so true. The only way to take Nikola Jokic out of the game and beat the Nuggets is by getting him literally ejected or, you know, just getting him caught up in his emotions and frustrated. And, you know, he gets in foul trouble and just takes himself out of the game in that way. That's the only way to beat Nicole Jokic. It it really is. So, yes, people will continue to poke the bear. People will continue to do this because it's really a defense's last resort.
0: That's so true, man. It's so true.
1: Make sure to pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager from Breckenridge Brewery this week. My favorite beer to sip on during Nuggets games. Great for any occasion as well. If you're at the park, maybe you're heading up to the mountains, uh, got a cabin with some friends for the weekend, pick up some Mile High City Copper on the way up. You can get it at your local liquor store, sometimes your local grocery store. If you're in Littleton, check out the Breckbrook Farmhouse. They've got tons of great Breck Brew beers there. They've got food as well, multiple bars. It's a great time for the whole family. Uh, but if you're just looking for a beer to sip on this week, this weekend, maybe you're watching a Nuggets game, check out the Mile High City Copper Lager from Breck Brew. A great beer for any occasion. It's in that Nuggets blue can with the Nuggets logo on it. You can't miss it. Check it out from Breck Brew today. Also, guys, people are what make Ball special. People at every level come into work each day and give 100% to accomplish the goals at Ball. Ball production techs are the front line in their can-making operation. They directly impact the volume of production that Ball runs, the quality of production that Ball runs, and are integral to our operation at Ball. Production technicians are also important because as their skills grow, they're able to move into even more mechanical roles. Ball hit us up because... They're looking to fill more line capacity at their plant here in Golden, Colorado. They're looking to hire production technicians at a competitive $27.39 per hour rate with potential for increase at 6, 12, and 18 months. If you want more info, if you want to learn more, go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden or you can text Golden to 77222.
0: Um, All right, let's move on to the list part. No ads today on the show, on the live part, but we will put them in, obviously, in post. We'll we'll have those for the podcast. Don't forget this is a podcast as well, so usually we're live. I try to make sure all of our shows are live in some capacity, whether it's for DNVR members only or for everybody like today, but some of our shows won't be. But for a lot of you guys – when you sign up and become a member at DNVR, $5 a month, you get access to all the premium content. Harrison Wynn writes pieces after every single game. He's at the arena. He's in. He's, I, not in the locker room, the metaphorical locker room behind the scenes. He's talking to these guys. He's at practice. You get all of that. But we also do the film study break, uh, breakdowns, and we do the list live where we break down plays. Um, and we're going to do that now. You get a taste of it, a sample of it. Um, but before we get there, Harrison, do you have anything from practice that you wanted to, to share from Nuggets practice?
1: Yeah, um, it was interesting. Uh, I, I thought there was a chance Michael Malone to go full scorched earth on Eric Spolster and the Heat. He didn't. He held back. But when we spoke to him last night, he had said that he hadn't seen a video. He had only seen it live. So we were talking to him today after you know he saw it live. Um, he called the Marquise Morris foul dirty. He said it was unnecessary. He also said he liked what Jokic said last night that – you know, Jokic recognized he can't do that. He can't take himself out of the game. An important detail
0: that Jokic is the only person of all the people that were involved in this event to show any type of remorse or right. apology. It's That's right. an important detail here. Jokic, I do think, calmed down and was like,
1: I shouldn't have done this. That was a mistake. And look, like he didn't have to speak to the media last night, but I think a reason he did was because he recognized that he was partly in the wrong. And so I, I think that tells you a lot about Nikola Jokic. I think that tells you a lot about... Markeith Morris, that he hasn't shown any remorse for anything. Um, what's happening right now, or I guess it's happened earlier today, but even last night, probably Michael and Tim Connolly, they've been in contact with the league office, pretty much just pleading Jokic's case for him. I'm sure saying a lot of the stuff that we've said on the pod today. And from what I'm hearing, probably the ruling's going to come down tomorrow. Um, That seems like just how these things go. I think last time Jokic got suspended, the ruling came down right after shoot-around on the morning before the game. So I think we'll hear something tomorrow most likely. Maybe tonight, but most likely tomorrow. Um, There was a kind of a non-update update update on Michael Porter Jr. He's not going to play tomorrow. And what Michael Malone said kind of sounded concerning. Um, He said that they're still trying to get a real grasp on the injury, the diagnosis and what it means moving forward. Porter was at Ball Arena. I saw him today. He was getting treatment this morning. It just seems like there's still some stuff to figure out about the injury. So it's concerning.
0: So this is speculation, and I hate doing it, but you know we do have a, a sports doctor, sports physician that we talk to from time to time, who has actually dealt with surgeries identical to the ones Michael Porter has had. He texted me last night, and I'm just sharing this again. This is not a report. This is speculation based on the public information, which is admittedly very little. But you know he did say that um, it could be a disc herni- uh, herniation, uh, which is why he grabbed his leg which would be an indication of an L3 disc herniation. And he says, but but the thing is, he says, that's not necessarily as scary as it sounds or as concerning as you might think. It could be a thing where they give him an injection uh, and then it, within a week, he could be back to feeling normal and playing normal. A lot of this is how does his body respond to jumping? Does he have the full lift, this or that? Um, he says... A month, a week to a month, his guess, if he were to make a blind guess based on the little information he has, he would guess somewhere in between those two things. And it's interesting because it kind of tracks with Malone where he talked about, we want to see how he responds to treatment. And then before saying this, and that's why, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this was maybe, I know a lot of people are thinking, is there another surgery? Is there this or that? I don't know that your mind should go there right away. We don't know. But there are scenarios that would make sense where it's like, hey, this is not totally surprising and it could be a thing that within a week he's feeling better Michael Malone by the way called him questionable before the team officially ruled him out so that kind of tells you something I think
1: he calls him questionable but you could tell him the tone of Malone's voice that was a big reach at the time
0: it doesn't matter though like the thing is is if he was out for like if they knew he's out for four months or um, two months you wouldn't say he's questionable you'd just be like guys I don't he would You'd be like he was yesterday where he said the foreseeable future or whatever. Yeah. So the fact that he was just like, we're going to see, I think there's a, a chance. Um, I see we're going to get into the list now. I see somebody asked. I can't see the question now. I can't find it. Somebody asked, new. oh, here it is, new DNBR member. If there was a members only, where would I find it? So we make an article. The way we do this is before that goes live, we'll make an article on thednbr.com, so you have to sign in, and that'll have a link to the YouTube thing. So usually that's on the front page. If for whatever you don't see it on the front page, click on the Nuggets tab, and it'll be there as well, and it'll say the list live, uh, and then you'll be able to join. Shall we get into some some notes here, Harrison? Let's do it. Um, So this game, the first note I actually have, I have 12 video clips to share. Uh, The first note I have is actually one from the Miami Heat. Because I actually like some of this. I mean, the Miami Heat, obviously, are a phenomenally coached team, and they have some interesting things. What I like on this one is P.J. Dunker or PJ Tucker playing the dunker here. So we're going <laughs> to see an action. And this is actually going to pop up a few times. When people talk about gravity in basketball, oftentimes they it's just strictly three-point shooting. Or sometimes we talk about rim gravity, dunker gravity, offensive rebound gravity. One of the most subtle types, nobody ever refers to this, screen gravity is a big deal. So here's P.J. Tucker playing the dunker. Nobody's concerned about him. But as the defense shifts, the ball comes over here, everybody shifts over. P.J. Tucker, rather than being here where he he's not a great offensive rebounder, he's not really a lob threat. So instead what he does is he sees the entire defense here, and he gets in position to set this pin screen for when the ball reverses. It basically acts as a hammer screen. When you run plays like this, yeah. that screen right here is called a hammer when it's just improvised because you're reading the court, that's more of just a flare screen. And you could see him here. Boom. Got him. Opens up a good, uh, a a three here. And this is important. We're going to see it a few other times. We're going to see it. uh, Oh, here's another example of PJ Tucker. He's just playing the dunker defense shifts over. What can I do? Get to here. He puts his arms on him. Opens up. What what can I do?
1: Just set, just set an illegal little legal screen. That's what I can
0: do. You know what though? If you're going to set an illegal screen, do it off ball. Because your, your odds of getting caught on an off ball right. illegal screen is so much lower than an on ball illegal screen.
1: Yeah, but this is why PJ Tucker always finds himself on really good teams because he's a smart, high IQ player. He knows what to do. He knows how to set up guys for other shots, like he did, like right there. Uh,
0: so I love that one, and it's going to make an appearance with the Nuggets here in a little bit. But if you think about Aaron Gordon and how can he add to the team's gravity? Well, he is a dunker spot threat, an offensive rebounds threat. He is, uh, uh, you know, has that athleticism. But he also is, can be a great screener in read and react basketball, just reading the court, as can some of the other guys. The Nuggets went to Jeff Green in the post um, to start this game as the first play, and I find, I always I've said this before I always find it so interesting what a team does on the first play, the first possession of a game because it, it kind of tips your hand to what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Jeff Green is the same is is tall. He's not. I don't think he's as tall as Michael Porter, but he is bigger. One of the things I've been hammering home about why Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon can be so dynamic together once they really especially Michael Porter starts to click in a read and react system is they're a mismatch. Most teams don't have guys as strong as Aaron Gordon and as tall as Michael Porter. So you end up sacrificing when you put Jeff green out there. I think they had Duncan Robinson on him and Denver's like, sweet, not a great defender. Jeff green, good one-on-one post score overpower him. And he kind of did. He actually went over two on those plays. They did it in the first half and the second half, but nonetheless, it's interesting that you right off the bat say, You have a weak defender on a really tall player, so I'm gonna, uh, uh, you know, I'm gonna take advantage of that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Oh, by the way, he attacked the basket. So when we think about what makes Michael Porter like, where are some gaps in his game? You give the ball to Jeff 15 feet out with his back to the basket, you feel confident that he can bully ball his way to the rim. You put him, you put Michael Porter 15 feet from the basket. He might hit the jumper. He might get to a step back he might get around him with a nice dribble move but bully ball i don't he doesn't have that in his game just yet and that's part of i mean that just shows you there's still more that he can kind of unravel
1: yeah
0: um i see the super chat here it says did the offense appear to be more connected without mpj i love the question i love the word connected because that's uh george (laughs) carl's word and i always think about basketball in terms of connection absolutely and we're going to get to that that is 100 on the list coming up Monte came out blazing, sneaky underrated part of this game in both halves, but especially in this first quarter, Monte Morris came out blazing. Nine points in the first quarter, led everybody on the Nuggets, and he was 4-4. Four four. It's such a difference when Denver has a, a scoring threat in the pick and roll and just a guard that with the ball in his hands that you have to react to. And I think him going 4 for 4 changed the, the mind frame of Miami. Like They start to react a little stronger to the ball in pick and rolls.
1: Yeah, Monte played an unbelievable game uh last night scoring and defensively i mean kyle lowry was an absolute no show last night and (laughs) i think monte morris was on him for a lot of the game it was it was a great two-way game from monte monte um
0: here's here's a a quote from the other day monte morris said people that know basketball know how tough it is not to let a dynamic roller get behind you playing that cat and mouse game which is funny because that's the phrase i've always used the cat and mouse like in the in the pick and roll where you're you're in between the ball handler and the rim roller. And the timing of that is really, really difficult to play. He's not one of those guys that's jumping, making highlight blocks. You have to really know basketball to see what he's doing, to see how good he is with his yeah. hands in the pick and roll. I love that quote. And that brings us to clip number two. Jokic play. There was actually like five clips I could have picked here, but now you get yeah. into oops. gosh dang it. What did I, what did I hit here? What did I screw up? Uh, now you get into a, uh, a perfect moment here where Jokic has to split the defender. So Jimmy Butler's, comes here he gets Jokic in the air with a shot fake although Jokic gets about three inches off the ground here so that's you know whatever but watch Jokic's reaction time when he breaks on the recovery immediately Mm. gets back so he kind of cat and mouse Jimmy Butler into this play if we watch it in slow motion here as I slowed it down he contests okay if he makes that shot whatever but look at the break knows exactly where this is going and gets it Uh, and this is what make Jokic dynamic and then the coast to coast the slow break
1: (laughs) something that Nicole Jokic is really good at defensively. And I thought individually, that was one of the better defensive games I've ever seen Nicole Jokic play last night. Uh, he was unbelievable defensively. I thought defending yeah. the rim, um, the pick and roll too. He is very good at defending in the drop in the pick and roll and just kind of knowing and baiting the defense and staying in between that ball handler and the roller and the basket and just being in the right place. He's so smart, and it seems like all of you know the intangibles that he's good at defensively, um, his positioning, his IQ, his anticipation, his hands, all that stuff factored into that play. And all that stuff is just getting better. Like all those attributes, intangibles, those things are just growing. He's getting better at all those things. A hundred percent.
0: Nikias Duncan had a good thing, uh, a good article today. I, I thought it was really good. I retweeted it so you can go on Twitter and, and, and see uh, where he talked about Jokic. You know, we all know he's been playing up on screens for three and a half years now that, that Denver has been doing that. But he's actually gotten better when he does have to drop. In games, you do have to drop sometimes. And he's gotten better at that as well. Um, so he is improving, I think, in all aspects of his defense in the early go here. Um, what, another interesting clip here that's next on my list. Watch how hard, but you saw this a bunch last night. Watch how hard Bam Adebayo is boxing Jokic out on this play. By the way, a little quick note first here. These plays that you see, these little uh, cross screens, Monte Morse Mm -hmm. is coming over, and then you see another screen here. This is a Jokic choice. Depending on how the defense guard you, Jokic can come off of this screen or this screen. So you see he's trying to set up, comes off of this one. They guard it well. He gets the ball back. As the shot goes up here, look how physical – I mean, again, like – I don't know how legal some of this stuff is. Like this was least, the
1: whole game, though. This, this was is just
0: yeah, like the whole game. Yo, that's just a, a they're wrestling here. But watch, he puts so much energy to boxing him out. What I love is J. Mike knows this. These two are real bigs. These two are not J. Michael Green more so than uh, Duncan Robinson. But look at it. if Bam's going to take himself out just to guard this guy. This is like a uh, uh, like putting a lineman who's like you're only focused on one player. Even if a guy goes around you to score, like whatever, that's what he's doing here. And Michael Green takes advantage. If you have to two-on-two rebound, you have a shell here. But if you just have to one-on-one, you're vulnerable to this exact here, gets the offensive rebound and scores. And by the way, Jokic knows this. I think part of Jokic's tussling here is just to make Bam Adebayo yeah. out of the play. And he takes him out, makes
1: it a wide open, a nice little easy layup here for him. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I mean, it's it's what he might do that dude's so freaking smart
0: uh bones highland was the second sub of the game and um I, I i love that i've talked about this for a long time the rotation in the first half last night to me was near perfect you know was yeah. cut out like i've been i've battled with my co-host and, and friend matt Moore for, for all, all season about i think Faku is a bit of a scapegoat but i also think he's the odd man out like i also think sure. he's the guy that just doesn't fit um you take him out of the rotation you make bones bridge the gap there as a guard and I think it's perfect you ended up getting almost all good lineups in that first half and he started off really really slow like he actually had a really bad Jimmy Butler got him a few times he had the travel he missed a shot but he rebounded very nicely and I love that um so I thought I thought it was really cool here's the next one I have Will Barton underrated in the way that he guard uh, that he navigates tight spaces and pick and roll watch him here This is all good, subtle pick-and-roll. You get in tight spaces, and you deliver what turns out to be a dunk. But let's watch it in slow motion here. Watch Will Barton here, all the little subtleties he has to do. So he first gets the little hop-skip, gets over to the left, gets the ball high to get the defender's hands up high, gets the ball in low, and now you have everybody out of position. That's really, really – it's underrated how good Will Barton is in Mm -hmm. the subtleties of pick-and-roll.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember – three years ago when will barton was playing mostly point guard for the nuggets and back then it was like the first taste of wow this guy is maybe the best pick and roll guy on the team you know this was before jamal murray really ascended and um look he's got those skills it's it's just the traits of like a high iq ball handler who knows how the defense reacts and knows where his guys are going to be Right now, guys, at manscaped.com, if you're a DNVR listener, if you're a DNVR member, but also if you're a DNVR listener, go to manscaped.com, use the code DNVR to get 20% off plus free shipping. Again, you got to use the code DNVR at manscaped.com. That's going to give you 20% off plus free shipping on all your Manscaped products. I would recommend the lawnmower 4.0. You can get it in that performance package 4.0. It's the perfect package and the key I think the key for a great grooming and hygiene routine if you get that performance package 4.0 you get the lawnmower 4.0 that comes in that it's the the center of the package the the big item it has a 7000 rpm motor it has a new multi-function on-off switch that can engage a travel lock gives you the ability to turn the 4000 ke led spotlight on and off when needed did I mention this trimmer is waterproof as well You can get it as a part of that performance package 4.0. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code DNBR to get 20% off plus free shipping. Once again, use the code DNBR at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. This weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score. Can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. A field goal, a safety, a touchdown. It doesn't matter. If you bet on a team and they score, you win $100 in free bets. All you got to do is bet a dollar as well. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get their skin in the game with new same-game parlays. Check those out. Those are awesome. So Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DMVR. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code DNVR. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We got a new offer for you guys at Hassle Cattle Company. It's almost Thanksgiving. I think we got a couple weeks until Thanksgiving. Yeah, we do. Turkey is out. Beef is in. Hassle Cattle is giving our amazing listeners a holiday special with 15% off your entire purchase. There's nothing better than delicious Wagyu beef as a holiday gift. Serve this up for Thanksgiving. Treat your guests right. Send this to family and friends for a unique and unforgettable Christmas gift. They will thank you. Trust me, they will thank you. Use code DNVR15 at checkout to receive 15% off your entire purchase. That's DNVR15 to receive 15% off your entire order at Hassle Cattle Company. If you're local, stop into the DNVR bar, try one of our burgers. It's got Hassel Cattle Company Wagyu beef on it. If you're not local, use the code DNVR15. Get 15% off your order from HasselCattleCompany.com.
0: Super Chat, thank you so much, Sun Valley Drive. The Super Chat has to pay for the Morris Brothers to go to Serbia. Uh, uh, We'll let them know. We'll let them know.
1: Uh, They would would go to Serbia and they wouldn't return.
0: (laughs) Uh, Here is, uh, I I love this highlight here. So we're going to keep an eye on Bones Highland. And what I like about this is Bones is demonstrating on this play. You're going to see him screen for the flare, but he's screening his own man. This, what I like about this is he's demonstrating seeing ahead of the play and Mm -hmm. understanding Miami's defensive schemes. He knows that the cut through Markeith is going to have to be the help guy. So there's no point in coming over to screen Markeith. He knows that the way their defensive scheme is going to work is that uh, Tyler Hero is going to bump out here and then he's going to slide. So he, on the fly just realizes to set the screen on his own man and gets it. And I just like this because this demonstrates a pretty advanced feel and quick reaction speed to what you're
1: supposed what's going on in the court. Uh, his feel and even just the way he's built a chemistry with Nicole Jokic already, there's been a couple examples of those two guys in the two-man game. And it, the chemistry that they've built, it's like if you compare – how they're clicking after only playing ten games together—really less than that, like six games—to like how Michael Porter Jr. and Nikola Jokic, their chemistry after playing three years together—it's it's pretty eye-opening as just to how quickly Bones Highland picks up on things and how to play with certain guys.
0: He's got a great feel for the game, man. I, I really do think he can learn this game at a high level uh, because of his foundation. Um, my notes, sometimes Harrison, my notes aren't great. So I don't know what all I said. So there are a lot of interesting things that happen in this play. So let's take a look. Um, okay. So the, so the first thing is they're trying to get this little ghost screen where they don't actually set it and release because they're trying to get both of them to trap. So you have this, this mm-hmm. toss back here. Um, let's see. So you get the, uh, oh, I like this because Bones's read on this is like, he likes his matchup. Now get it back and I'll go at him. It's not there. The defense does a good job of stepping up. And he cuts through and replaces. One thing to just kind of teaching basketball here. If you imagine a fulcrum right here and a circle on the weak side, this is how all rotations happen. He cuts through and replaces to the corner. This guy steps up, this guy steps over, and that's more or less what you get here. Now you get the side pick and roll, draws two defenders. Oh, here's what I love. PJ Dozier's timed cut here. So you get you don't want this switch. They don't want to switch 5-1 here, so they're fighting over, but you have to trap on the ball here. Everybody has to stun over. But look at P.J. Dozier. Perfectly times this, that as this goes, heads turn. If he cuts, he occupies the help. Tyler Hero sees it, and now he's concerned, and that makes this shot a wide-open shot. Adam, is that, a, is that a rule
1: when you've got a pick-and-pop on that side with just those two guys? You know, There's got to be a weak-side cutter just to occupy the defense there.
0: There should be uh, – you know, I never mix it up between the two guys. Usually it can come from this guy or this guy, and I have a feeling that their rule is more about who is the better cutter and the better shooter. You know, Bones and mm-hmm. Austin Rivers out here, that's pretty good spacing. Um, but also, you know, I, there, there might be something else to them seeing where the reads are coming or where it goes. But the point thing is here, you have helpers, and if you cut, you occupy one helper. In this instance, it actually occupied two because they got mixed up, and that's what you want. It results yeah. in a wide-open three. It's a great – Again, just flow basketball that they had on that possession. That was great. Denver had flow basketball all night long. It was it was very very good. Yeah, Bones' speed in transition is such a huge asset. It's a controlled speed. He gets the ball up quickly, but not crazy. Some guys sprint the ball up the court, and it's like a you know a loose train or something where you're just like, oh my god, it's off the rails. Bones just gets the ball up and then slows it down. Like he gets it up, gets the defense overloaded or switched or whatever, and then slows it up and goes. I just I'm so impressed with. Some of the subtle things that that are happening with him. Um. Oh, you know, you might like this one here. So that's one of my favorite ones, Jokic. I mentioned earlier that Jokic is he has the option on on a lot of these plays. He has the option mm-hmm. of whether he wants to cut or screen. Watch him on this one here. So he's going to come off of the screen. Get, see that it overloads on this here. And then immediately turns it into a screen, an off screen for Jeff Green. So if you watch this again, you don't know. You're not thinking he's about to screen Jeff Green's guy until right there. Jeff Green reads it very quickly. This is the thing. When I always talk about Michael Porter, there's opportunities in the offense. He just doesn't always recognize them. Jokic yep. calls a quick audible. It drags a switch. And now you've got Cody Martin on him. Okay, this is over. This possession just ended. <laughs> That's it. Like
1: <laughs> So smart.
0: And it's just simple. Like, if you watch this play, you think, well, what happened? What happened was Jokic read something quickly. Jeff, Jeff Green reacted to it equally as quickly. And now you're cooked. Something great's about to happen. And, and it works out. This is, this is read and react basketball. The play didn't necessarily call for that specific action. It called for an, a series of options. But he read the option best. Damn. Jeff Green read his decision best. And the two
1: worked together to get that. It's wild that Jeff Green had probably his best game of the season. Playing alongside Nicole Jokic, funny how that happens.
0: <laughs> Go figure. Uh, here's a thing you might have noticed, Harrison. That's a, a trade of Aaron Gordon. He's really good at keeping his hands up in uh, on defense, especially when you could tell there's going to be contact. Like he's not in great defensive position here. It's it's a transition, but watch what he does with his hands here to, to avoid a foul. Mm-hmm. And I just love it. It's a little thing, but let's watch it again. It's just, hey, make these guys make a good shot. Like, you don't have to block. You don't have to get steals. You don't have to make the highlight. You just have to make the shot that they're going to take 10% harder. And he does that. He shows his hands. There's never going to be a call on that. And look what happens. Jimmy Butler, who's hyper-efficient, misses a five-footer.
1: Yeah. Aaron Gordon takes on a lot of really tough defensive assignments, uh, yeah. I think he does a really good job of not fouling, though. I mean, he's picked up five fouls in three different games this year. One of those was against the Spurs and Kelton Johnson. One was against uh, the Jazz and Mitchell and Bogdanovich, and the other was against the Grizzlies. But you know, he usually does a really good job of defending without fouling and just making it tough.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, he's really good. To, I mean, the chemistry he's getting with Jokic is so encouraging. Because defensively, yeah. he defensive chemistry has been great. I mean, look, Denver is the number two defense in the NBA. Like that, it, I was so worried. Millsap's a great defender. I was so worried. You take him out because the numbers indicate not so much last year, but in the years before that, Millsap. Like you take him out of the starting lineup, and the defense gets way worse. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was worried. Like Aaron Gordon, as good as he is, can he be Paul Millsap? He's been so much better than peak Paul Millsap on the Nuggets. <laughs> to be honest with you, and uh, and then his chemistry with Jokic. We're going to see some of these cuts later on. Uh, it's just going through the roof. It's it's. I'm so impressed and so excited about how he's fitting. And defense. Denver's defense was airtight in this game. Honestly, Michael Malone had to have been thrilled. I know the game ended in a weird way. Michael Malone would have gotten to bed last night, Harrison, at about 10:45. Most nights he's up. He's he's stressing. He's frustrated. He's looking at the film. Last night, I think he if there weren't the, the kerfuffle, he would have gone home, head hit the pillow, passed out, slept 10 hours, felt great. He's like my defense is good. I'm good.
1: My defense is good. My bench played well. Yeah. Uh, I, everything was was uh, incredible last night. Like as good as that game could have been going, uh, that's what was happening up until you know a little over two minutes left in the fourth.
0: What I thought was great was they defense led to offense. Denver was doing such a good job of getting stops and then capitalizing on them the other way. Such a great job. Yeah. But in times when they didn't get stops, they half. They transitioned to half-court offense and did a great job there as well. So I thought it was a great – sometimes it's hard to balance the two, but I thought they did a great job all night. This is where – somebody asked about connection. I thought the Nuggets just played with such great connection the entire game last night. And the one moment where they lost connection in the fourth quarter to start, mm-hmm. they when the starters came back in, Immediately back to playing connected basketball, and I, that's so encouraging to me because often you'll see a team play well as soon as the other team kind of punches back, then all of a sudden it becomes a dogfight or this or that. Not the case with Denver yeah. last night; they just so easily popped right back into flow, and it was encouraging. Um, are you ready for my favorite play? I'm ready. Tonight? My favorite one, and this one—it's my favorite because this is my favorite as a as a big to read, and it's just it shows how simple basketball can be and read and react. It's it's complex until you learn the basic principles of it, and then it's so simple. And you see here, Monte Morris at the top. This is a normal alignment, right? Jokic at the top here, and a little delay action, so he's the high man, and then you have two guys on each side. There's so many different things Denver runs, like a trigger action, beginning actions where Monte can cut, Monte can scream, whatever. This one they're looking for the flare cut. So you get this will be Michael Porter eventually, but right now it's and this will be Jamal Murray eventually, which. The reason this is great is you never want to switch this, right? Teams don't want their guard on six foot eleven Michael Porter, or in this case 6'9", mm-hmm. Jeff Green. So they don't want to switch it. But sometimes they have to. And Miami likes to switch as much as possible. So you get this, you catch him blind with a little flare action, and they switch. You punish a switch every time this way. Uh, right now, Cody Martin is on the high. I think, is it Cody or Caleb? I don't remember which one is up. I think this time. is Cody. the Cody Martin. He's on the high side. I mean, they're twins. They're identical. Uh, he's on the high side here. And whenever you get a guy on the high side and they switch, that means you have inside position on the cut. And Jokic never misses that. Never, literally never It misses it. So if we watch it again. High screen, cut, open, and you have floor spacing over here. Michael Porter should get six points a game off of this action. Yep. Aaron Gordon yep. should get six points a game off of this action. It's not that there are adjustments to be made defensively. Every adjustment they make, there is an adjustment the offense can make. Meaning when he sees that this is a switch, and he sees that the switch came with the, the defender being on the high side. You see like that he's on the high side automatic. It's hard to learn this because it's all about quick reaction speed. But once you get it, it's simple. It's second nature. And he does a great job of this. And it's like Jeff Green, a veteran player. Jokic just loves
1: guys that know what to do. Yeah. Any comment? I mean, it just what you can do when you've got the IQ of Jeff Green and you've played so many years in the league and you can recognize stuff like that. I mean Porter, we know this. Porter could be a Randy Moss type cutter for right. Nicole Jokic. He has been, you know, we've seen it at times. Six ten, six eleven, he can go up and get it. The only question you really have about is about his hands. Um right. like he should be making that play wow. routinely. One other question. This is a
0: great screen. And Michael Porter doesn't always make the most, the best contact
1: on his screens.
0: But this is a great make the contact first to force that switch and then release quickly and he gets it. Uh, Let's watch another example of this. I have four, I think, total examples of this one. So they're out of alignment. Jeff Green has to come over, gets it, same thing, slip it. I mean, it's just – this is textbook. This is an and one. But this is so easy. Again, screen, they switch, and where's the defender? On the high side. So this guy gets to come out here. Jokic knows there's a slip and there's an empty paint. If this guy stays a little bit longer, Jokic knows there's a skip pass to the corner for the three. So there's really, it just puts everybody in a catch twenty two, and you get a you get the beautiful and one off of this. I just it's such simple but great action, and Denver should be able to start any possession they want with this and get something good out of it.
1: And Jokic makes that pass on the money. It's a tough pass. Every That's time. It's a tough pass, and he makes it look like a chest pass from five feet away so let's watch
0: this again the next possession on on each of these because they ran it two times in a row so you get it and they kind of screw up on this one so this one they don't switch and this is where Jeff misreads it right if you see this one your defender is down here because they just they're running this two times in a row so you get this and the defense is like I know what's going to happen he's going to slip what actually should happen here is uh, yoke actually kind of goes a little bit early on this this screen, if you're going to hold it, get to the corner. Force the switch here. Yoke goes a little bit early. He attacks to the side. Uh, they don't get anything, and they just go back into – this is why it's flow basketball. You just immediately go down your checklist of like, okay, where do we go now? Got him. One other thing you might, not have, you might have missed there, so let's watch Jeff Green. He gets through. He goes to the dunker. What do you think happens here, Harrison?
1: You've got great ball movement. You've got spacing. Yeah. You can swing it around the corn. Right here. The flare screen yep.
0: from the dunker, I'm taught that I, that I would just mention with, with uh, PJ Tucker. The PJ, the PJ
1: Dunker, Dunker there, spot flare screen. Yeah, there it is.
0: You get it, and it forces the run out and the pin on the help. So he gets underneath the defense. As the ball reverses, he doesn't just stay in the dunker. He sees an opportunity here to pin the defense in, pin them on that side. Ball comes over, and you yep. got him. Now, Aaron Gordon's not a great three point shooter. So I love that he didn't just settle for the three on this. Defense reacts strongly, chases him off. Jeff Green's in position to pin again, and we're at the <laughs> basket. That's just great, great plays by Jeff Green that prob- that go unnoticed. But that's flow basketball. That was not drawn up. That's just reading and reacting. He missed this read, but guess what? Stay in flow. Keep going. You won't miss every read, and the defense is going to have to always be trailing you. Layup. In fact, should have been a dunk. Aaron Gordon, take that one to the hole. <laughs> Hammer dunk that one. Yeah. Here's another example. So you get, this is the 21 chase action or pistol pistol action. So I mentioned you can run the straight flare right off the beginning. They're in reverse alignment here. So you actually get the handoff, but then look, let's go back to it now. Let's go to the flare option now and then fall on it. But guess what? He gets called for the illegal screen here. So he actually messes up this one, but it's another one where, I mean, this is a little bit tough, but yeah, he goes a little bit early, but could have had him in a nice, by the way, you could flare out to the corner or you can even curl on this. And then Jeff Green pops. So this is Michael Porter and Jamal Murray. He takes that one, curls to the basket. Markeith here has to come down to prevent the three. This guy's fighting over. You pop and you have an open three or you have a mismatch for ISO. It's just, there's, there's no way the defense – everything the defense chooses, the offense can take advantage of if they know what they're doing. Yep.
1: The Nuggets offense, I mean, you're at your best in the, a Nuggets offense around Nicole Jokic if – you just know how to play basketball. If you're high IQ, if you just know, you know, when to get into certain types of actions. So why Jeff green can be a good fit. You know, he, it's why he looks a lot better playing next to Nicole Jokic. Did we have any uh,
0: questions in the chat? I I'm, I'm when I'm, I'm at the controls on this, so I can never see the chat, but if you see something there, um, let me know. And,
1: I probably. think everybody's waiting for us to talk about why the offense looks so much better without Michael Porter. Well, we'll get to that at the end. I mean, part of this is I'm
0: talking about it. Jeff Green is reading and reacting to the basketball, you know, really, really well. And that's something that Michael Porter, I think, still is working towards, like still still figuring that out. But that's a large part of it. Um, what is my headline here? Oh, I love this one. So this is the play that Jokic has fouled on. But watch – my favorite thing about it, watch all three of these guys at the exact same time. So Jokic comes here. There's the jersey grab. There's the little hole. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, come on, guys. This is the MVP. Look at what, what, what? (laughs) Like everybody. (laughs) It (laughs) It was like, come on. And then, of course, he makes it. I just love that. It's like, of course. They're all like, what the hell, man? This dude's all over him. Do you not see it? He's in the middle of the court. He's seven feet tall, uh, but just drains it. And then we get the replay. I mean, come on, man. Look, his shirt's tucked in, nice and. Okay, let's untuck it. Just.
1: come on man that's why you tuck your shirt in so the (laughs) official can see when your defender pulls it out and it's a foul that's why you have your shirt tucked in we should have known
0: what was coming right here we should this was a uh, a sneaky preview of what was to come
1: Uh, I was it it was pretty it it wasn't shocking it was just pretty eye-opening what Nicole Jokic did to Bam Adebayo last night
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no contest, man. No. Go- Here's the thing: people don't appreciate like Sabonis uh, is a really good player, uh, Demontis Sabonis. He's six foot ten, six foot eleven, kind of short wingspan. Like, it's underrated that Jokic has the size aspect of all of this. Because yes, he has the skill. People talk about Blake Griffin was a good passer too. Of this, like yes, but there's a difference when you're a six ten guy, and if somebody switches Draymond Green onto you or Bam Adebayo, or whatever it is. That yeah. those guys are at least somewhat comparable. Bam Adebayo is too small for Nikola Jokic. He's too small for him. Like he's only too small for two players, in my opinion: uh, Joel Embiid and, and Nikola Jokic. Because those guys are like, yeah, man, I play big ball. You play like stretch big ball. There's a difference, and Jokic just made him pun was just punished him with it all night long. Um, the Nuggets had so many A plus defensive possessions. Honestly, I could have made like a ten minute highlight clip of Nuggets defensive po- sequences where three or four rotations three or four complex reads and everybody was on a screen another thing when people talk about it's hard to talk about this without feeling like we're attacking Michael Porter he does he does need to get it like here's the thing Michael Porter needs to get it this is year three there's opportunities within here and you just have to start to recognize him so I think part of this is offensively I'm pointing out Jeff Green recognizing things that both led to points for him but also led for points for other guys that you probably didn't notice live And it's just like, hey, that's part of the game. You make good cuts. You do make good screens. These things happen. But there's also a trust factor that I think, you know, this was a game that there was no question who was number one. It was Jokic. There was no question. Are we running a play for Jeff Green right now? Are we running a play? No, it was we're playing flow basketball and we're just going to keep moving and everybody knows their role. And that's why when you look at the box score last night, Harrison, you see 12 attempts, 11 attempts, 14 attempts, 14 attempts, 11 attempts. So balanced because everybody was so bought into that system and there was no distraction and no distrust. Everybody trusted each other and, and it went. And again, the team could probably do a better job of trusting Michael Porter in this. But I also have to mm-hmm. feel like, hey man, Jeff Green has already earned everybody's trust. So why why hasn't that happened elsewhere? Um, it's just, look, it's learning and process for Michael Porter, both on the trust issue and just the like read and react issue.
1: Yeah. On the one hand, it's somewhat encouraging that, you know, he hasn't fit seamlessly into the offense over the last couple of years. And he's still able to produce like he has not this season talking about last Mm -hmm. year. You know, he's still able to have 20 point, 30 point games, have these huge quarters and still like not really know how to be that, um, just linking the chain in Denver's offense, that's encouraging. But it's also discouraging because, like you said, it's year three. I mean, he should be there by now. And like I was saying earlier, it's almost like Bones Highland has a better chemistry with the Nuggets and with Nicole Jokic in playing with him for three weeks than Michael Porter Jr. has in three years. So it's something that should already be there with him.
0: It's not too late. Sometimes guys learn slower than others. And like when it clicks, when you it's just like, sometimes you just aren't seeing it. You're not seeing the light. And I think Michael Porter wants it. Like I, I really do. And I have to tip my hat to him. Some of Michael Porter's games, the shots haven't been there. Like it would be one thing if he's not getting shots within the flow of the offense, but he's still taking 20. It's not the case. He's actually just not finding shots. And so I don't, there, there, it could be worse. It definitely could have been worse for Michael Porter in this early go. But at the same time, I, I hope he is looking at games like last night and thinking, why did the Nuggets win by 20 points? Like, why was everything? So we, we went against the third-best defense in the NBA, and our offense just carved them to pieces. I'm better than anybody else on the Nuggets roster not named Jokic. So, how, I, I And I think there probably is. There's got to be some level of recognition there, and he's just got to be searching for the light. He's got to be searching for the answer to the right question. And that's the thing. Once he finds the right question – then the answer will is easier to find it's just i don't that's my concern is i don't know if he knows the right question yet about why am i not mm-hmm. getting shots because the the answer is right in front of him if if he knows yeah.
1: how to look for it and um, and look when when we've seen flashes of it when we've seen him playing jokic ball and you know just coming off dribble handoffs and the ball's been popping there's been instances of that and it's been awesome because yep. when michael porter junior fits in like that the nuggets are freaking unstoppable they just are so we've seen flashes of it, but three years in, we should just see it way more consistent.
0: This And this is my thing with MPJ is if he gets it, like if he figures it out, the way a Klay Thompson just knows how to play in a read, like the Warriors are the best read and react team maybe I've ever seen, them in the 2014 Spurs. And yeah. players like Klay Thompson who absolutely murder you on cuts and shots, crush it. Michael Porter, if he gets that part up here, is going to be a six foot 11 clay thompson think about how clay thompson has a 60 point game michael porter at six foot 11 should have 50 point games in him like this is the thing that will happen if he ever unlocks it he's so talented i i believe in the talent as much as i ever have it's just can he get to that point point? and look this is the beauty of basketball guys it reflects real life he doesn't have it right now like he hasn't figured it out to this point but there's always an opportunity, and this is why I love Bones's quote. When I asked him during training camp about the education of, the, of of him right now, like, does it feel academic? And he was like, yeah, I love that there's so much more the game has to offer than I ever realized. And I think Michael Porter can take that same mentality of like, it's yes, it sucks that I'm not scoring 20 points a game right now that I know I'm capable of, but the cool part is I love basketball, and right now I'm getting my basketball Ph.D., Struggling. First semester, I'm struggling a little bit. But guess what? There's so much, if you keep pushing, that the game has to offer that you can learn that
1: just unlocks your appreciation of it. And look, not too long ago, we thought he was very close to becoming that guy. I wrote this on April 7th of last season. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. had 27 points. He only dribbled the ball four times. Right, Uh, right. You know, two years ago, he scored 37 points. He only dribbled the ball nine times. He's been that Klay Thompson before. He was that guy for a lot of the season last year next to Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray. He's yeah. got to get back to that, though. Yeah, um, I love how shot ready Bones Highland is. Uh, I said
0: this last night, I think, in the, in the winner's lounge that I feel like he is properly aggressive right now. He takes shots that are like, hey, those are we need you to be aggressive here, but he doesn't overdo it maybe one or two here or there that he passes up, one or two that he takes. But generally speaking, I just like that he's willing to shoot. He can start 0 for 3, but if the ball swings for him, he's a threat to shoot the ball. And that – you can just tell when a, when a player kind of knows the rhythm of the game because then defenses know they know that and and they overreact on on rotations and what have you. Um uh, let's see. The two green lineup couldn't generate any offense. It was the one dark spot about last night. They went to it in the start of that fourth quarter. They went to it to end the third quarter, but they went to it to start the fourth quarter. And if you watch every offensive possession when they were on the court, it was disgusting. Nobody got into the. It was same things we've we've seen. No dribble penetration. It just. I, I think that that's the last line. It's tough to be perfect when your roster is not perfect. But the Nugget, when they get Jamal, it'll be much easier to to make all every five man group you play perfect. But right now. I still think you need to largely avoid that one if you can avoid putting them out
1: there. I'd agree. And we'll definitely see this. If, if Nicole Jokic doesn't play Wednesday and is suspended, Um, but I'm guessing Jeff Green will remain in the starting lineup and they'll have to elevate another big into the rotation. (laughs) So it will be interesting. All right. This is the
0: last clip Harrison. It's my favorite one. This is read and react basketball. I could have clipped maybe 10 different plays, but this is read and react basketball. One thing I love, Jokic has really gotten good at this. So he, this is read and react basketball. Understanding what your read is based on what the defense is doing. Jokic here knows that the defense is trapping ball screens, okay? So instead of, of, of going and, and holding a screen, he slips early. This is a ghost screen. He doesn't hold it. And what do you get? A trap. But you get a trap now with this vacant spot where the defense is compromised. If you can get the ball to Jokic here, you're compromised. Well, guess what? He doesn't force it over the top, which would have been tough. Will Barton, by the way, very good at this pass. The timing and rhythm of it, he's very good at it. Yeah. Jamal Murray's good at the little pocket pass here. But Monte Morse doesn't have it, a little undersized. So he keeps it moving. What do you have? Two guys up top, and now you have a four on three. Not a huge advantage, but a small one. Jokic cuts all the way through, and it drags this guy out. So Will Barton, mm-hmm. can he pass to the corner, pass here, pass here? Nope, he sees the skip. Let's get it. Now the defense has to rotate all the way back over. Aaron Gordon can take the three. Why do that? 15 seconds on the clock, four and a half minutes. We know flow basketball is working. Let's just get the ball in the post. Now it's cut off of him. Jokic gives it to him. Is there anything here? No. But you know you're going to sag the defender in. Get the ball over here. Defense is scrambling, attacking the paint. Shoot it. Shoot it. Shoot it. And what do we have? So it looks like this is a possession that didn't work, right? Until you track it back to you got the defense moving. Now we have a switch. The play's over here. Put the ball on the rim. Just put the ball on the rim. Jokic has Kyle Lowry on him. Look at Yoke. Look at he knows what's happening here. He's like, hey, just wait for it. Get out of my way. And one. This is read and yep. react basketball. They didn't get things that they wanted throughout the possession. But every guy just kind of knows their role based on what the defense gives you. And when you get that, the ball starts popping. Nobody forces anything. Everybody knows this is my shot, not the three. Perfect. What do we have now? Just throw the ball up there. Jokic will get it.
1: Yep. Yeah. Love it, man. This happened all night. If Jokic this, this like catches example. it at the nail on the foul line there, the play's over. Right. And the Heat know that. Like, yep. that's what happened throughout that entire Clippers series uh, in the bubble, especially over games 5, 6, and or 5, 6, and 7. Yoke was just getting the ball at the foul line and just picking apart that defense. So, the Heat know that here, so they're trying to put that off for as long as possible. But because of that, you know, you get Lowry on Jokic eventually.
0: What I love about this play, though, is that nobody, literally nobody on the Nuggets roster does anything difficult. This is all like, hey, make the easy play. You hear that all the time? Make the easy play, okay? Easy play, easy play, easy play, easy play. The whole way through. You just carve them up, man. You You just carve them, absolutely carve them up. Beautiful game from the Nuggets, man. Absolutely beautiful game. Until the last two two and a half minutes, but uh, if it weren't for that, I really do think this would have would have been like a ten out of ten funky music, positive vibes type game. And um, there's more to be encouraged by than discouraged by, even with the flagrant. Hopefully, when the fine comes down, or suspension, or whatever, it's short. Fingers crossed, it's one game. I think high. I'm with you. High end, it's two games. But I'm excited that the Nuggets were able to establish this. And last year, Harrison, we talk about MPJ, can he learn? Last year when he got taken out for 10 days in the protocols early on, the Nuggets established this type of flow and they started playing this way. And when Michael Porter came back in, he better fit into what they were doing. Maybe this will repeat, history will repeat itself, where just stepping back a little bit and seeing how successful this style of basketball is, then Michael Porter injects himself into those roles, and he's better than Jeff Green at all of this stuff. So once he reads it, the Nuggets go up a whole other level.
1: Yeah. That's what you would hope. And like I said, if Porter gets back to that level and that role and that rhythm and, and flow that he was playing with at parts of last season, Nuggets offense Will again be close to unstoppable because honestly, if you're going to boil it down to one reason why Denver's still close to the bottom of the league in offense, guys aren't hitting shots like they were last season. There's some reasons, but the number one is just Michael Porter hasn't been that dude
0: got a super chat here says you guys should make a shirt that says don't start none won't be none appreciate the super chat don't think we're gonna make that one (laughs) for a variety of reasons but uh uh still still appreciate the idea nonetheless guys i hope you enjoyed this if you did enjoy it and you've been wondering what do i get when i get a membership this is one of the many things you get harrison had a piece up today uh that he wrote with perspective from ball arena you get that you get this if you enjoy being part of this community you get
1: access to even more things uh when you go the other way Guys, your Colorado Rugby team has rebranded again. This one's here to stay. The American Raptors. The American Raptors. They play at Infinity Park. They are composed of crossover athletes that play tons of different sports and come from backgrounds in football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, and track and field. And the American Raptors have turned them into rugby players. They're Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. Like I said, composed of athletes who have competed at the highest levels of their respective sports. And now I've turned to rugby. They play at Infinity Park right here in Denver, Colorado. American Raptors games are free. You do need a ticket, though, so head to AmericanRaptors.com. Check out their schedule. Grab a free ticket there. If you can't make it to a game, AmericanRaptors.com will be streaming all of their games on that website as well. It's fun for the family. It's a fun weekend event. If you want tickets, AmericanRaptors.com. They play at Infinity Park right here in Denver.